Welcome to Season 5 of KnowledgeCast, hosted by Jack Williams. We're excited about this season's guest, and you can learn more about this new season along with our guest in previous seasons at jackwwilliams.com slash podcast. Now let's listen in to an all-new episode with Jack and this week's special guest. Well, welcome to our fifth season of Knowledge Cast. Glad you joined us today. If you're a first-time listener, we want to welcome you. If you're one of our regulars, thanks for coming back. Well, our guest today is Jimmy Robinson. Jimmy graduated from Georgia Tech, was a star wide receiver at Tech. He was inducted into Georgia Tech's Hall of Fame and also named to Georgia Tech's all-time team. That's about all you can, all the recognition you can get in uh, playing for a particular school. Jimmy was a late-round draft pick of the Atlanta Falcons and later played for the New York Giants, San Francisco 49ers, and Denver Broncos. He led the Giants in receptions in 1977 and 78 despite being significantly undersized as a pro receiver. And after Jimmy finished his playing days, he became a professional assistant football coach, coaching for the Falcons, the Colts, the Giants, the Saints, the Packers, and the Cowboys. And he was with the Green Bay Packers when they won the 2010 Super Bowl. So, Jimmy, it's a pleasure to have you with us today. Thank you, Jack. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, I had the privilege of, of being on the coaching staff at Georgia Tech when Jimmy played there. And I can say without hesitation, not only was he the best pass catcher I'd ever seen, he was the most ferocious blocker as a wide receiver I'd seen. Jimmy, tell us, let the I know the answer to this, but tell our audience how big you were at that time. And I want to know, how were you able to overcome that size issue and make it into the Georgia Tech Hall of Fame? Well, so how, uh, how big were I, you? I think when I enrolled at Tech and um, we started – ball practice back in those days, right after the, the Labor Day weekend, believe it or not, for the freshmen. And uh, as you probably recall, 71 was the, the last year that freshmen were not eligible to play varsity. And I'm not quite sure we'd have had anybody play varsity anyway, um, had they been eligible, had we been eligible. But we had our own team with uh, Dick Beswick as the head freshman coach and Jack and Jim Garrett and um, a couple of other young guys on the staff. So we were pretty good. I think we had, uh, as I recall, an 8-1 record. We lost to Tennessee and Condridge Holloway uh, in what turned out to be a pretty big mismatch, as I recall. But um, I weighed about 158 pounds when I came to Tech, uh, 5'9", 158. So, um, you know, I uh, probably hadn't spent – any time in the weight room at that point in time. By the time I finished at Tech uh, and then went got drafted by the Falcons, uh, I probably weighed about 172, which was my generally approximate, you know, playing weight you know, in the NFL for that number of years. Um, I don't well, think I've it? ever, I've never had anybody characterize me as a ferocious blocker. That's the first time I've heard that term. Uh, related to my blocking, but uh, I was, I think I was always an effort guy when it came to blocking. And I, I realized the importance of, of being a complete player, complete receiver, not just being a guy that ran pass routes and caught passes and hoped to catch touchdowns, but, you know, to be, be an important part of getting the running game going. So that was always uh, important to me. Uh, and I think I, did the best I could in terms of uh, at least getting in somebody's way. 
Well, I know your your position coach on the varsity didn't make it optional for you to to be a blocker. He he made it that was part of the the uh, formula for playing, and you you excelled at that. It was well. I appreciate that. Uh, I'm not sure I honestly remember it that way, Jack. But uh, it, it, uh, I appreciate your your memories of it. Listen, you know, even at at that 172 range, you played seven years in the NFL. Uh, I want you to think a minute for about who were some of the the de- defensive backs that you had to battle back then that when you knew you were playing them kept you late uh, up late at night before playing them. Before you answer that, uh, I need to make sure the audience understands something. Back when Jimmy played, the rules were totally different, and the defensive backs could literally physically maul a receiver when they tried to run around. Now they get flagged for just touching them. So there were some pretty ferocious hitters back in your day. Who were the well, ones that were, when you lined yeah. up against you were a little concerned about? Well, um, the only guy that I unfortunately didn't have to play against him very much, um, that was a total size mismatch and, and also a talent mismatch, was Mel Blunt from the Steelers. And, of course, he's a Hall of Famer. So, um, you know, I, I only had to play against him a handful of times and a couple of them might have been, at least one was in preseason. And and then I remember one uh, during the regular season, during our first, my first year, you know, was 76. Bill Arnsbarger was the head coach and we started off the season and lost, um, we lost nine straight off the bat. And uh, we, we obviously weren't very good. After seven, Coach Arnsberger got fired, and they elevated John McVay uh, to be the inter- interim head coach. That game seven was against the Steelers, in fact. And I think my re- my recollection is that they beat us at home at Giants Stadium, something like 27 to nothing. And um, it was, uh, you know, we were going against a, uh, what became a dynasty, the 70s greatest, you know, obviously team in the 70s. And, four-time Super Bowl champ that year. I don't think they won it in 76, but uh, they won four in that decade. So, um, you know, the number of people from that team, number of guys from that team that are in the Hall of Fame is probably somewhere 10, 11, 12, 13, including Chuck Knoll, the coach. Uh, So uh, we didn't have any Hall of Famers on our team at the time. Well, they were the... They were the Patriots of the 70s. They um, were, yep. With the exception of Patriots had Brady and the Steelers had, as you said, about 11 or 12 guys like him. They did. Uh, I mean, you think back to their defensive front and Joe Green and uh, Jack Ham, uh, Terry Bradshaw, uh, Franco Harris, Lynn Swan, John Stallworth, Mike Wagner, Donnie Schell, um, Mel Blunt, we already mentioned. Um, I mean, <laughs> and I'm not sure a couple of the other defensive linemen, I'm not sure if they're in the Hall of Fame, but they were probably deserving of consideration. L.C. Greenwood, um, you know, they, they were pretty impressive. Uh, uh, not to mention uh, I left out uh, Jack Lambert. Yeah, I'm going to say Jack Lambert. So, 
Well, you you, know, you played you played with uh, a number of different quarterbacks. Was there any particular quarterback that you enjoyed playing the most with, other than the ones that would throw you the ball? Who were some that you um, who were some as you played with? When I got to New York, Craig Morton was was the uh, uh, starting quarterback. He'd been acquired from from Dallas, I believe, in seventy four in a trade uh, that uh, I want to say Arns must have orchestrated that to get a veteran quarterback. So the other, the guy we picked up, another guy we picked up in the preseason that year was a a veteran, another veteran guy about probably about as many years as Craig, maybe even a couple more. And that was Norm Sneed. So Craig, Norm Sneed, and then in the in the Giants' wisdom of their brain trust at the time, the next year in 77, uh, they traded Craig to Denver. Norm retired. Um, we had drafted a guy in 76 that hadn't played any yet. But the gist of it is that we went to training camp uh, with three quarterbacks, and not one of them had ever taken a snap in the NFL. So, you know, that's, that's not uh, – I, I would be surprised to look back uh, and find that that ever happened anywhere else, ever. Um, I've never heard of that. i never heard yeah, of that happening. Me either. So, uh, we had gotten Joe Pasarczyk out of Canada. Joe, Jerry Goldstein, a guy named Randy Dean, who had played at Northwestern. Uh, and I think we drafted Randy that year in 77 as a mid to late round pick. Um, and then ultimately, um, Joe won, won the starting job, uh, Joe Pasarczyk, and he started for us for 77, 78, and the beginning of 79, uh, but 79 was the year the Giants, uh, drafted Phil Sims in the first round. And, uh, Phil eventually became the starter somewhere, um, in the early part of the season, game four or five, something like that. And, um, you know, the rest is history as far as Phil uh, is concerned. But, uh, you know, Joe did Joe did a pretty good job, but we just weren't very good on offense, to be honest with you. Uh, we had gotten – we'd signed Larry Zonka from the uh, WFL. Um, and so Zonka came in. We had a guy named Doug Coder as a halfback. And was a pretty good player, but you know we we weren't really good in the offensive line. We didn't protect the quarterback all that well. We had a good defense, uh, actually, at the time. Uh, Brad Van Pelt was a perennial All-Pro playing strong side linebacker. Brian Kelly was the middle middle or weak side or actually weak side linebacker. Harry Carson was drafted in '76. A year I came there as a free agent. Um, and uh, so we had, you know, pretty strong linebacker crew. Uh, Troy Archer was a defensive lineman. That was a first-round pick. Gary Jeter from Southern Cal. Um, John Mendenhall was a pretty good defensive tackle. Jack, uh, you won't remember this name probably, Jack Gregory was a kind of a veteran, 10-, 12-year guy that had come over a few years before I got there from Cleveland. So we had a real experienced uh, defense and, and pretty good. We just didn't give them much help on offense. 
Well, unfortunately, that that happens sometimes. Let, let's let's fast forward to your coaching career. You you coached with uh, eight coaches, if you include the Memphis Showbooks. Let's put them aside. Who were right. some of the co- who were some of the coaches that you coached with, and and uh, how were they different working with them? Well, let me just do this. I'm gonna I want to mention this because the guy gave me a start in coaching, and that was Pepper Rogers, right at Memphis in the Memphis Showboats. So Pepper, I owe a lot to. Um, but then in 76, when I got there, um, or, excuse me, you're talking about coaching now, uh, after the showboats, um, my first, uh, job in the NFL was with the Falcons with Jerry Glanville. And as you recall, Jerry was on the staff, Bud Carson staff at tech, uh, when I came in and he had already been there probably three, four years. And he stayed up until I think. He and Pepper mutually decided in the spring of 74 that they weren't going to get along that well. And Jerry ended up going to Detroit uh, with, you know, to coach for the Lions. Um, So, uh, but I worked for Jerry for four years. And like Pepper, he gave me an opportunity in the league when I didn't have any experience. Um, And then from there, I went to the Colts. Uh, Ted Marchabroto was the head coach. And I worked for Ted four years. Um, let me say, not four. Actually, uh, worked for Ted for two. And then long and short of it is we went to the AFC Championship game and and had a, a really great game against the Steelers, but lost in, in a very, very close game uh, in the AFC Championship as a wild card team. And they went on to the Super Bowl and um, – and I believe got beat by the Cowboys. I actually coached Ted's son in college. Oh, is that right? Okay. Yeah. At Virginia? Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I knew Teddy Jr. and uh, was a good guy. Was he was a wide receiver? Yeah. Yeah. I uh, I, uh, uh, I got to know Teddy uh, and actually saw him a number of years ago at, at Ted's funeral uh, when he passed away. But then um, Lindy and Fonny took over as the head coach for a couple of years. And then um, there, there had been a lawsuit going on with the family there with the Colts. Uh, Bob Ursay had passed away and his son, Jimmy, and Jimmy's mom were in, in a lawsuit about who was going to get control of the team. And uh, as it turns out, Jimmy got it. Uh, the first thing he uh, did was fired Bill Tobin and Lindy. Because Bill Tobin had been the guy that Bob Ursay uh, hired to replace his son Jimmy, so when Jimmy <laughs> got Jim, you know, turnabout's fair play, and Jimmy got uh, got us out. We had a terrible year, you know, on top of it. So it's not like it was unwarranted. But uh, so we uh, worked for Lindy two years, and then from there I went to the Giants, worked for Jim Fossil for six years. Uh, one of which we went to Super Bowl 35 and lost to the Ravens down in Tampa. <clears throat> but um, enjoyed, you know, being there because uh, mostly because I, uh, you know, I had played there and to go back and coach there was really kind of a special, special deal for me. So I overall spent 10 years with the organization, four as a player and six as a coach. Uh, once that ended, uh, I went to the Saints and worked for Jim Hazlitt for two seasons. 
one of which we spent in San Antonio after evacuating from uh, Hurricane Katrina. And uh, that was uh, that was a rough year. We played, I think, four home games at the Alamo Dome in San Antonio. We played three home games at the LSU Stadium. Oh, I remember so we'd that. fly back for a home game. We'd go out of town for a home game. And then one game, but you know, somehow they decided that we were going to be the home team and play the Giants in Giant Stadium. So that, that, that was a real fair deal. Yeah, thanks so, a lot. Uh, right? Yeah, really. So anyway, uh, uh, after two years, after the Katrina, you know, year, we got fired. Uh, and I had the good fortune to get, uh, I'd been with Mike McCarthy uh, the first year with the Saints. And Mike had left, left after um, 2004, went to San Francisco for a year. And then um, he was, uh, I happened to talk to him on my way driving back from, San Antonio back to to uh, New Orleans. Uh, he said, "Hey, I got a call from the Packers, and they I'm going to interview for the head job. If I get it, do you want to go with me?" I said, "Absolutely, I want to go." So a couple weeks later, uh, three weeks later, probably, I'm on the golf course and I see a a phone number come up that there's a Green Bay Packer number, and he had gotten the job, uh, which I you know read a couple days prior. And went up and uh, signed a contract. So I spent five years with the Saints. I mean, excuse me, with the Packers, which was uh, a great experience, great place to work, great organization. Uh, and we won Super Bowl uh, 45 uh, against the Steelers in a, in a really, really close game. And uh, I think it was 31 to 26, something like that, uh, at uh, Cowboy Stadium with um, – at the, you know, that was what it was called then. It was pretty new then. After uh, that, um, actually right after the Super Bowl, uh, Jason Garrett hired me at uh, the Cowboys. He had taken over as the, the head coach during that season. Um, and he hired me to be the assistant head coach and wide receiver coach uh, in 2011. So I was basically worked there for two years. Then uh, was kind of going through some some health issues, not feeling great. Um, and um, long and short of it is I, you know, felt like I needed to take a year off. Uh, and uh, I did that, intending to get back in. But unfortunately, when, um, when time came, uh, there's just not a big market for 60-year-old uh, wide receiver coaches. So um, it became, really became a retirement. And then my final coaching gig was here in Atlanta in the, at the AAF, which was called the Alliance of American Football. It had an Atlanta team called the Atlanta Legends. And uh, it was an eight-team developmental league that played in the spring and enjoyed it. It would have been a great, great retirement job if it had lasted, but uh, it didn't after about eight of the 10 games, they uh, pulled the plug on it. A guy who had acquired a uh, majority interest in the league decided he didn't want to spend any more money, uh, lose any more money. Uh, and so he uh, shut it down. And that was uh, that was the end of my coaching career. Let me ask you, as we kind of wrap up here, 
you had a chance to coach some pretty big name receivers. You had Andre Rising with the Falcons, right. Marvin right. Harrison with the Colts, Samani Toomer and Ike Hilliard with the Giants, yep. Donald Driver and Greg Jennings with the Packers. Yeah. I'm sure there were a lot of different personalities amongst those guys, and obviously all of them very good. Um, how did you go about dealing with that kind of talent and that kind of variety of personalities? You know, I, I think the the biggest thing um, was that you just had to be yourself. Uh, you know, not not try to be something that you weren't. Uh, I always based, you know, you know my um, my coaching uh, from a teaching standpoint. I felt like I was the guy that, and I, I felt like I had credibility with the guys because I had played in the league and I, I'd been there and done that. And I think that that actually uh, mattered a lot uh, to them. And I had good leadership. Donald Driver was a great leader in the wide receiver room. We got Marvin at the Colts when draft and, you know, first round draft pick out of Syracuse. So Marvin thus far is the only, um, guy that I've coached that um, made, you know, the Hall of Fame in Canton. And well, I was, you know, fortunate to be invited to be part of that party and that celebration, which was great. Um, another couple guys that I had at Green Bay were James Jones and Jordy Nelson. Jordy, right. I, I just, in fact, got an invitation uh, to attend Jordy's uh, Green Bay Packer Hall of Fame induction, which is coming up at the end of August. So that's something that I was very appreciative of and looking forward to to doing and being there. Um, but, you know, I had I had um, Joe Horn in New Orleans and Joe, uh, We the first year I had Joe, uh, he, he went back to the Pro Bowl. So I coached Donald Driver two years that he went to the Pro Bowl. Uh, Joe Horn. I'm trying to think of uh, anybody else. I think uh, I don't know if I've had anybody else during the time that I was with them. Uh, but I had, right. um, you know, I had Des Bryant, who was a great talent with the Cowboys, and um, so I was, you know, I was fortunate that I had a lot of really, really good players, and and. Uh, good leaders and a couple of them were more high maintenance than others. But generally speaking, I just, uh, I believed in, you know, telling them like it was felt like it is be fair, be honest, be consistent. You know, um, uh, I didn't believe in screaming and yelling and, and, uh, beating guys up. Uh, I didn't feel like that was the approach that I would have appreciated. And, uh, cause and I always told myself, if I ever had to coach that way, I'd go do something else for a living because that just wasn't my nature. And it wasn't something that I would have responded to as a player. Right. Fortunately, I, I didn't have to uh, respond to that. I didn't have really coaches that, that coach like that. So. Well, you hit the, you hit the pinnacle in 2010 when you were on Mike McCarthy's staff with Green Bay. And I guess that Brett was, Favre was the quarterback, and you guys won the Super Bowl. Quickly, well, tell us Brett, a little bit. Brett, about Brett, excuse me for interrupting you. Brett was already gone. 
Oh, well, that okay. Was, that was that was Aaron Rodgers. That's Brett right. Left, I'm sorry. I'm yeah, sorry. Brett left after uh, 07, and Aaron took over in 08. Brett retired, then unretired, and ultimately we traded him to uh, the Jets. He played there a year and then played a couple of years with, with the uh, – with the Vikings. Vikings, yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry. I forgot about that. Yeah. How was that experience? Uh, the Super Bowl was, you know, what you what you always dream of as a kid, uh, you know, to play in the Super Bowl, number one. Uh, and then, you know, as a coach, uh, you know, to reach that pinnacle is, is um, it's, it's what you do it for. It's why you work, why you coach. Uh, to try to win a championship. And um, we had a really good, we had a good team that year. I don't say we were a great team. We were a team that peaked at the right time because we didn't even win the division. We were, we were the wild card team. And in the NFC, we were the sixth seed. So there's only six. Right. So we went on the road to play the wild card game at Philly. Then we went to, um Atlanta for the divisional game who was the one seed and we just thrashed the Falcons um at, at obviously at their place Aaron had a phenomenal game receivers played really really well we beat them 42 to something 20 something probably um so it was a great game for us and that put us in a championship game to play the Bears at uh Soldier Field and um it was a great it was a great matchup pretty close game we got off to a great start, jumped up on them 14 nothing, uh, ended up holding on and beat them 21 to 14. Uh, and then, you know, went to the Super Bowl in, in Dallas and uh, jumped up on them uh, 14 to nothing, too. Uh, and it became, became a lot closer than that. So it was a thrill. I mean, it was a thrill you, that you, you know, I'll never forget for sure. Well, Jimmy, thanks. Uh, thanks for taking time to be with us there. I know we pulled you off the golf course, and obviously, right. you have, obviously, you have recovered from playing with me in late April. If you're able to get out by now, normally it takes people that long before they're able to play. Again. <laughs> well, uh, but listen, we appreciate uh, going back toward memory lane there, and some some great times and great experiences, and well, sharing those stories a, with us. It was a um, it was a pleasure, and it was certainly my privilege to to be able to join you guys and thank you for the invitation and I'm uh, always available. All right. Well, that wraps up another knowledge cast for us. And we, we really appreciate Jimmy being with us and appreciate you being with us as listeners and hope to have you back with us next week as we speak to another interesting guest. And until then, make sure you're being a positive influence in the lives of others. <laughs>